Hello there, and thanks for joining me in the podcast today. The mystery drug known as alcohol, liquor, wine, beer, bourbon, and a wide variety of drinks. That's what we refer to as the mystery drug. Why is it a mystery? Well, unfortunately, over all the years, alcohol has been available for consumption. We still do not know how it does what it does to us. Research has focused on all aspects of alcohol, but has not really looked at the interaction of what a person's biochemistry does when the chemistry of alcohol enters the body. Now, to some degree, there's a lot of stuff we know, but there's a lot of stuff we don't know. But we do know that heavy drinking leads to addiction. We do know that long-term drinking leads to addiction, but also to dementia, to brain damage. And we do know that if you drink heavy and then withdraw quickly, that it can be fatal. So there's a lot of things we know about alcohol, and these are only a few examples, but a lot of stuff we don't know. But when we use the word addiction, we're talking about this phenomenon. It's when you transfer, it's when you transition from drinking impulsively to drinking compulsively. That is, the compulsive drinker drinks regularly, routinely. He must drink, she must drink, and it must be on a regular, daily frequent basis and often then increases in the volume of alcohol consumed over time. In other words, it starts with just a little bit. Sips, half a bottle of beer, and it gradually increases to a whole bottle, two bottles, three bottles, four bottles, etc. Over time, we know that the addiction process that goes on requires a person to drink more and more and more alcohol over time to feel the effects that they seek and desire and enjoy. So at some point, alcohol becomes an impossible option you know, for a person because they have to drink so much to produce an effect. That's just something we know. Here's something else we know. That if you drink a bourbon, just an ounce of liquor, you're basically drinking three bottles of beer at the same time. And if you drink just a glass of wine, you might think of it as a small glass, just kind of innocuous, innocent glass of wine. You're actually drinking two bottles of beer. I watched the other day. I was a young teenager, actually drink about four glasses of wine. That equaled eight bottles of beer. Now, would you as a parent in, allow your child to sit down and drink eight bottles of beer? No, you wouldn't. I don't know why that parent then allowed that child to have four glasses of wine. I don't understand it. Not uncommon for a person to drink one or two glasses of wine. They're actually drinking one, two to four 
bottles of beer. That's what they're actually drinking. We don't think of it in the sense of this multiplicative way. But here's another thing that we seem to know about alcohol. It affects the brain. Regular constant drinking affects the brain. Heavy drinking affects the brain. A little bit of drinking affects the brain. Now we've always known, and we always thought of it this way, that alcohol consumption damages the liver. We know that there's a disease called the cirrhosis of the liver. Alcohol base, basically, usually. We've known that for a long time. We know that the alcohol consumption affects the pancreas. We know that the alcohol consumption affects the heart. I mean, that's been well established. And we know that people who consume alcohol take risk relative to the function of their heart, their pancreas, their liver, and other portions of the stomach, other portions of the body, larynx. Those are all at risk and are damaged by regular and excessive alcohol consumption. But little, but little thought is given to the brain. But it's really the brain that drives our behavior. It's really the brain that organizes how we behave. So take a look at what brain does, or what the alcohol does to the brain. Here's four areas of the brain that are affected by alcohol consumption. You drink one, you drink two, you drink three, four, whatever it is, that brain now begins to light up in four areas. Number one, right over the nose, the bridge of your nose, right between the eyes, right above into the forehead area, is known as the frontal lobe. Now what does the frontal lobe do? Well, the, the frontal lobe guides our behavior so we don't overreact. We don't say things we should not say. We don't do things we should not say. It allows us to think before we leap. It controls us. It gives us a kind of a rein on our behavior so that we are uh, thoughtful and considerate and reasonable in what we say and what we do. That's the frontal lobe. Alcohol damages that part of the body, that part of the brain. And that part of the brain begins to weaken. That part of the brain begins to be damaged. It doesn't function as well. That's why people, when they're drunk, do things that they wouldn't do otherwise, say things they wouldn't say otherwise. That's why people, when they're brain damaged, do things they wouldn't do otherwise, say things they wouldn't say otherwise. It's the same thing. That's the frontal lobe. Now there's another part of the brain, if you go right down below the jaw, and in the brain area, in that lower part of the brain, the front, but the lower portion is known as the manigula. Now, the manigula is the, where we control our emotions. That's where the emotions are controlled. That means under the alcoholic influence, in the same way under brain damage influence, if that part of the brain became damaged. We cry when we wouldn't, we probably shouldn't cry. Or we can't stop crying. We cry on the spot. We become angry quickly. We overreact. We become overly angry. The amygdala is a very important part of the brain because it controls our emotions. And alcohol 
attacks that part of the brain. Then there's another part of the brain, which is in the lower portion, towards the back, but right down in the base of the brain, kind of where your neck comes up into the brain, is what we know as the hippocampus. The hippocampus. That part of the brain affects and controls and influences memory. So under the influence of alcohol, memory is impaired. Under the influence of regular, repeated drinking, excessive drinking, long-term drinking, the hippocampus is impaired and memory is impaired. That's why we can't remember something when we come out of our drunken state. Because we've impaired that hippocampus during the time that it was under the influence of alcohol. There are many research studies that show that when you learn something when you're inebriated, you cannot remember that when you're sober. And you learn something when you're sober, you can't remember it when you're inebriated. The brain functions in its singular way. You have to be sober when you learn, you have to be sober when you remember. So, the hippocampus is a very important part of our functioning. It affects our memory. And over time, extensive use, regular use, the hippocampus begins to weaken and begins to fade away and begins to shrink. And memory is impaired. And that leads to dementia. That leads to Alzheimer's. Then there's another part of the brain, which is really at the base of the brain, right above the spinal cord, where the spinal cord goes up into the brain, right at the base of the brain, is what we call the cerebellum. The cerebellum is the part that controls the motor functions of the brain. How the brain controls motor movement, hand-eye coordination, hand-foot coordination. That's why when driving, under the influence of alcohol, driving is very unstable. That's why you're unstable when you walk, when you're inebriated. That's why you can't point to your nose or put your finger to your, your, the bridge of your nose when you're inebriated. You can't, the, the motor movements are impaired. And those areas of the brain, all four of them are get affected by alcohol consumption. And uh, the more you drink, the more all four of those get ill affected at the same time. And you're basically what we call wiped out. Or your brain is fried, if you will. Your brain is non-functional. And you become a non-functional individual. So this brain becomes our driving force of behavior. And if we consume alcohol, that's what we effect. That's the target of alcohol. Targets the heart, targets the liver, targets many functions of the body. But it targets at least four areas of the brain. And they all get affected. And the more you drink, the longer you drink, the more to over time you drink, the more of those areas begin to be impaired and damaged and non-functional. So what we know is that binge drinking, for instance more than triples the risk of dementia. That's binge drinking. You drink maybe for a week, but heavy. Triples the risk of dementia. 
And if you do that several times a year, you're putting your brain in the arena of dementia, in the arena of Alzheimer's. The risk of dementia is 10 times greater if you pass out twice in one year from alcohol consumption. If you pass out twice in one year from alcohol consumption, you're increasing your risk of dementia and Alzheimer's 20%. In other words, excessive alcohol consumption is the worst thing that you can do to your brain besides have a head-on collision and become brain damaged as a result of the head hitting an object or an object hitting your head or playing football for 20 years and having head injuries. That's what you're doing by alcohol consumption. You're basically putting your head at risk. You're basically bouncing your head against a brick wall over and over and over and over again for years. And the brain at some point says, I've had enough. And it begins to slow down, it begins to weaken, it begins to malfunction, and it begins to non-function. And we move on into, into dementia, we move on into Alzheimer's. So, moderate alcohol consumption, the jury's still out. Light alcohol consumption, yeah, the jury's still out. Because it still is alcohol. Whether you drink it once a day, once a week, once a month, it's still alcohol. It will just take longer for the effects to take its place. Now, many years ago, this goes back into the early 70s, I did a research study in which I followed a number of alcoholics, 20 of them, if you will, and found out what their health history was like five years earlier, five years later. And what we found is that the alcohol consumption contributes to ill health, major health problems of all kinds, more visits to the doctor, more medication, more treatment. And the critical age in which alcohol had its negative effects upon the body was 20 years of drinking. 20 years of drinking, the body breaks down. Heart breaks down, stomach breaks down, liver breaks down, pancreas breaks down, and a variety of other areas of the body break down. 20 years of drinking. That was the critical point. And if you kept drinking after that, the body broke down even quicker. And more functions and more areas of the body became impaired. That research done in Minnesota with a friend of mine, Dr. Lowell Campbell. We were amazed over the research findings of 20 years of drinking contributes to significant ill health. So the choice is yours. The choice is up to you. It's your body, it's your brain. But you know it's not just yours because when you drink and your brain becomes impaired your functioning becomes impaired. All kinds of people are affected by that. Your family is affected. Your marriage is affected. Your job is affected. People in the other cars when you drive are affected by it. 
You're putting life at risk. You're putting the life of others at risk. You're putting your marriage at risk. You're putting your job at risk. You're putting your health at risk. You're putting your future at risk. Just the other day, I talked to a young man who was ready to start school, go on into a new career, a new professional career, and under the influence of alcohol was arrested. He lost his career opportunity. That particular profession that he wanted to go into would not tolerate that kind of behavior. And he lost his opportunity. He lost his future. You know, you put things at risk. It's costly. You know, it isn't a matter of the few bucks you pay for a glass of beer. That's not, that's not the deal. It's the hundreds of thousands of dollars you pay for health care, for loss of income, for loss of a marriage, for loss of a home, for loss of a car, you know, for loss of your children, you know, for loss of your friends, for loss of a future, loss of an occupation. That's what beer does. That's what wine does. That's what bourbon does. In your hands, the choice is there. Anyway, nice to have you with me today. Thanks for this sobering topic, but one that you have to really kind of look at and make sure that you're on the right side of the tracks on this one. Okay? Bye for now.